Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. It is late December. It's almost 2022 and we're excited to help you move forward and to endure in 2022. So I'm here with my good friend, Alan, and we want to talk to you today about how to be a better leader. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks about how to be a better uh, preacher and a better pastor, um, but you also have leadership roles, don't we, Alan? Yeah, so we, uh, we, we hope you had a great Christmas. We hope you enjoyed that time, but we hope today you're kind of ready to delve back into the just a, a conversation about how you can improve your leadership ability in 2022. So it's going to be a great conversation, Trent. I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. And so, um, you know, I want you to think about that. Yes, we do have um, pastoral roles. And this, again, we're talking mostly to um, church leaders here. You've got some pastoral things that you need to grow in. You've got um, some preaching things, preaching skills that you can grow in. But um there are leadership roles in your church and beyond your church that we want to give you some thoughts about uh, to help you to grow as you head into 2022 as well. So, Alan, how do we start off with this? How, what's the first thought we should have? Well, if you're going to grow in something, I think you need to be able to have some way of, of providing some kind of measurement for that, uh, or, or you're not going to know if you grew or not. So, I guess, um, you know, I think we need to ask that question, what is the measurement of leadership? You know, I think a lot of people just measure it by the number of followers you have, especially in our Facebook and tweeting and Instagram worlds where you can have people following you. But I think it probably goes a little bit beyond that. Yeah, you, you would hope so, right? Um, if, it's, if it's all about the, the number of friends you have on Facebook, I mean, goodness gracious, you can have thousands, but you you may not be able to to influence them. And I think that's really a lot of what leadership is, it's influence. And, and first of all, I think we should be influenced by, by Christ, you know, as, as church leaders. So, and, you know, thinking about is our character, is it growing in Christ? Is, is the character of Christ, is it taking root in our lives and continuing to grow? Does that make sense at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about what the Bible teaches us about the character of Christ, you know, I think there's the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those things. I think I think those things are a big part of that, you know, and I don't think those are the words that we always identify with leadership, but I think those are the characteristics that, that actually make great leaders um, is the ability to love people, even when they're unlovable, you know, to find a joy when you don't know how to how to find joy and so i think it really begins by by looking at the true character of christ and and where we know we can grow and then measuring it that way yeah i agree alan and so this makes me also think that it's it's so important and it, you, this shouldn't even be a thought but i've i found myself to be in this case uh, at different times in my life where I struggled to spend time in God's word, even though I was a preacher, right? Even though I was a pastor. And, you know, if you're not putting something from God's word and you're not spending time in prayer, you're not going to have anything to give out and you're not going to be growing as a leader. And uh, I think you're right. I think this is a big deal. Yeah, you know, and it's amazing those little things that just kind of ca catch into your mind. Like this morning, I was reading 
about Gideon. And there's a little line in there that just says he went out, he was clothed in the spirit. And mm. I just thought, man, isn't that a beautiful phrase? Um, I sure, I sure wish people, if they were to write about my life would say, man, there, there's a guy who's clothed in the spirit. And, uh, I just thought, man, that's the, those those little words right there. I I could have just sat and focused on them all all day long, and it's important to do that. So there's the the spiritual aspect of, of growing in leadership. If we're not growing spiritually, we're not going to grow as leaders. But I think there's also a practical side too. But how do you measure? You know, John Maxwell always said that leadership is influence, and it's really nothing more, nothing less than that. How do you measure something like influence? It's kind of hard to know unless you can maybe identify those that you're help, you're helping to grow along the journey. Yeah, uh, you know, as we build on what we said in our first point about the character of Christ, Scripture says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, as we're building up in you know our relationship and character of Christ, that's gonna has to naturally overflow into other people. And so are you able to identify some people in your life and in your church, your circles of, of around you that you're helping to grow? Because there is an old saying, Alan, that says if there's nobody behind you, then you're not a leader, right? <laughs> so That's absolutely true. Yeah. So I think it's important to look around and see who you're influencing and helping to grow in this. Yeah, so make sure that you're doing something to measure measure your leadership. You can measure kind of your own spiritual development. You can also identify people you're helping grow. So, you know, once you have some measurements in place, you can also ask yourself, what am I doing to, to study and grow in this area of leadership? And, you know, we're going to say reading and listening in there because that's been a part of all of the, the three parts of these is you've got to study in those fields. But this is an area too, Trent, don't you think where you need to have a mentor, you need to have someone that that is a stronger leader than you in your life that can, can help elevate you? Oh, yeah. I mean, because, and we would count people that were reading books from or listening to on podcasts or whatever. But yeah, there, I think you have to be intentional about going and um, speaking and visiting with a mentor. Um, you know, in our day and time, they're not just going to come by your house typically and say, hey, I want you to start following me. But we can go and we can connect with people that we really respect and say, hey, I want to I want to spend some time with you. I want to take you to dinner and just listen to what you what you're doing as a leader. Yeah, I think that's just so good. And most of us don't take the time to do that. But we need we all need someone in our lives who can help us grow. You know, I, I know I need that in my own life. I can get better. I know um, when I look around at other other leaders, I see sometimes some guys who seem to come across as that maybe they've reached the pinnacle and there's no one else who offers them anything. And that's that's just really not true. And so you know, find mentors, read books, listen to podcasts, do all those things that you're probably already doing uh, to some degree. But I think there's another skill that you need to practice. And Trent, you and I were talking about this before we began today. Um, but put yourself in other circumstances and ask yourself the leadership question, what would I do 
um, in, mm. in this situation. And it doesn't have to be just church situations. Yeah, I, I think this is really true, Alan. I'm glad you said this because it a leader is is usually multidimensional. There's your five dollar word for the day. Um, I think this is you know somebody who's who's a leader not only in their church but also a leader in their community. Um, I know Alan's been involved in, in school boards and and working in school systems, and so he got to be a leader in those settings. Um, I think this is important that you are a leader in other places because it will cause you to ask that question, you know, what would I do in this situation? How can I help this? How can I help my community? Well, and I think it also kind of, it, it just improves your toolbox. I mean, you know, as we're recording this, you know, there, there are folks all across the Midwest who are recovering from tornadoes and, you know, a community that's been 75% wiped out and the church buildings are gone and you know um ask yourself what would you do if your community was wiped out by by a tornado and you know um, you had a, a significant loss of life how would you minister to your church in that situation how 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 would you do that put yourself there so you can begin to think through what what you would do then you also get to see how someone else responds and and look for the best possibilities out of out of all that and i think that those things are, are really good and you know and i hope a lot of like you know for negative circumstances i hope we never need them you know i hope i never find out but at the same time if we're not prepared for that we're not going to know what to do and so put yourself in in, in circumstances like that yeah, and I, you know, because of the things that have happened and what you just mentioned, Alan, about the people in these communities that have been really devastated, there will be some leaders that come forth and they become, you know, leaders that were maybe leaders in their churches will now become leaders in their communities if they step up. Um, and, and this leads us to the next thought, because when we're asking ourselves, what would I do? It automatically will identify some blind spots, um, some things that, that maybe we weren't aware of or hadn't thought of before. And so I, I think that's an important thing for us to do, isn't it, Alan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we've all we've all got them. You know, there's a lot of people who, who you know, don't think they have really leadership blind spots. And, you know, I, I think that's a, a real mistake we sometimes make when we're younger leaders is that we're not as quick to maybe identify our blind spots and then they become long term blind spots. But there are all things that, that we're never going to see, you know, that we should see. You know, I know my blind spots are in the details. Um, you, just this morning, I'm sending out an email to all the pastors in our association and I had it phrased right. And then I tried to do some editing and I proofread it and sent it out and realized I had deleted two words. And when I read back through it, I could have sworn that they were there because I knew they were supposed to be there, but they weren't there. So then yeah. I send up a follow up email with a correction and everything in there. And, you know, that's my blind spot. My blind spots always in the details. It's always it's, it's always something like that. But we all have them. Every single one of us. Sometimes, sometimes we're, we we don't see the consequences. We don't think through, you know, what may happen. You know, it, we all have different ones. But what can we do, you know, Trent, to to deal with our blind spots? 
Well, and, and not only to deal with them, but maybe to find out more about them. Um, I think one of the first things is be able to ask people that you trust, respect, that are aware of you and your leadership role um, to help you to see some things that maybe you're not aware of. Um, I, I think that's an important thing. A, a good leader is going to be willing to talk to people around him and, and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to grow in this. What are some things that I'm not doing well or that I should work on? Alan mentioned details. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm a big picture kind of guy. Uh, another thing that I, I guess I was uh, forced to look at just in this last week or two is, is the ability to negotiate um, and to, you know, work together with other people in other businesses. And so things like that, but uh, you've got to, I think the first thing is you've got to talk to other people. Yeah, I think that's so good because other people will, will help you see it. And I've got people in my life who, who help me see it, you know, um, <laughs> and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for those people, even if it comes um, sometimes at my own expense, uh, having to put up <laughs> yeah. with the jokes they're going to make about me. But the mm -hmm. other thing that we can do is that we can increase our own self-awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the things, again, I think this has kind of come up in all our conversations is, is that we need to know ourselves better and better and better. And, you know, whether that's taking a disc profile or doing some of those other things that we do, um, get to know yourself and what makes you tick and learn more about yourself. It may even involve going and sitting in a counseling session. I don't know what that's going to take, but do something to get to know yourself better this year. Yeah. You know, when you're saying that, Alan, I'm thinking of insecurity and um, insecurity affects people in different ways. Um, sometimes the people that you would think, oh, they're super um, self-confident are the most insecure people. And they put on a face of, of confidence and bolster and bravado in order to cover up their insecurity. Um, and so the more that you know yourself, the more that you don't have to have that insecurity. You, you can be comfortable in your own skin. I think this is an important thing for all of us to be working on. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And I appreciate you saying that. Well, Trent, the next one is, is a little bit different. And, uh, you know, Trent, I think we just need to have a difficult conversation about this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's hey. our next part. We need to improve, improve our ability to have those. Uh, um, there's a there's a book called Crucial Conversations um, that uh, is is very good and it, you know it talks about the ability to go and to have those hard conversations and every leader Alan is going to face times where you're um, having to say things to people um, what you know to get past a hard situation or to negotiate something or um, say, hey, this is not right. You're not doing a good job. And so you've got to have those, those skills so that you don't avoid those because you can't avoid them. Yeah, that's, that's just true. No one's gonna be able to avoid them and so improve your skills. And it's not easy. It's not, I'm, I love to please people. I, I love to encourage people. I do not like playing the heavy hand, but it's a role. If you're going to lead, you've got to do it. And if you're 
not willing to do it, you're not willing to lead. That's just all there is to it. There are conversations at time that have got to take place and you've got to muster the strength and the willpower and the desire, whatever it takes um, to have them. And you want to get better at them. I'm not, I'm not good with them. It's an area that's been growing my whole life because I have wanted my natural tendencies to avoid them. Oh yeah. I, I think everybody does that. I think everybody tries to avoid them thinking, Oh, they'll get better if I just leave it alone. Well, what typically happens is they get worse and you leave it alone. And so you've got to work on those skills, like Alan mentioned, to be able to have a conversation. And somebody who is skilled at this can have a crucial conversation, um, working through a difficult situation, and still have a good relationship at the end, um, or um, at least respect. They may not be the best of friends, but you can't have a respect and a respectful relationship. Yeah, that's that's what you want to have happen. The better you get, the better the out, long-term outcome. So mm -hmm. work at developing those skills so that you will have good outcomes when you have those crucial conversations. So, you know, those are a couple really, really big things that we know that we need to have, we, that we need to um, improve, uh, our, improve our skills in difficult conversations. We need to identify our blind spots. But here's another part of leadership. You have to share more leadership so that you have room to grow in leadership. There's only so much a leader can do until they share some leadership. Right. Yeah. Um, Alan, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of uh, my glass. You know, I, I can only fit so much liquid in my, in my cup here that I'm drinking out of. Uh, and... I can't put any more into it until I get rid of some. And the same thing is in your responsibilities, say in your church or business, whatever. Um, you've got to let go of some things so that you can take on new leadership roles. And, and so there was a, a couple of, of things that we were, Alan and I were talking about, a couple of pictures. One is the Old Testament uh, picture of Moses and Jethro. Um, you remember Moses, he was trying to be the hold court and answer everybody's squabbles and everything. And uh, Jethro, his father-in-law, came along <laughs> and uh, took on some of that. And that helped him become a better leader. Yeah, you know, Trent, I was thinking, you know, the disciples kind of had a similar situation with that when, that when they got people to help them serve the tables. I, I was thinking about all, all the coaching carousel you've seen like in college football and everything this year and everyone picking out their coordinators and all those kinds of things. And I was thinking, you know, I've often thought about being a pastor, like being a coach. You know, mm -hmm. when you have a small team, you coach, you, you coach the whole team. But the more your team grows, um, the more you better find someone else to coach something. So on a football team, if you're the only coach, you're going to have a hard time coaching your team to be good at anything because you don't have time to be the quarterback's coach and the running back's coach and the wide receiver coach and the offensive line coach and the defensive line coach and the linebacker coach and the defensive back coach and the special teams coach. Just think about it. It makes me tired just thinking about all those different roles. Yeah. Could you imagine one person 
trying trying to do all of that mm -hmm. and so you want to develop people around you and what happens those people grow you know i mean uh nick saban's going to have left a legacy um that goes far beyond alabama and football just out of the sheer number of coaches that have left his program to go coach other programs mm -hmm. well and two things come to mind as you're saying that alan the first of all i can just hear some guy at a small church single staff he's the only guy on the staff and he's he's thinking as soon as we said that that hey you know we can't afford any other staff and so i i'm just going to tune you out and let me let me just tell you um i know a, a guy named dan anderson in oklahoma and he's at a small church and he he's the only paid staff i think but he is constantly developing leaders and bringing on other people. He doesn't pay them, but he is growing people like you would not believe at Eternal Life Church and um, bringing it and, and letting them have leadership roles. And he's growing their skills and doing that. And because of that, their church is growing like crazy because they've let other people take on some of those leadership roles. And so don't, you know, don't, tune that out when you hear that idea yeah and i think that's that goes back to that idea of you if you're teaching it modeling it you know it's going to show up and mm -hmm. so you know make sure you're doing that and and you're providing that solid example of what what you're doing well there's one other area trent and this is maybe maybe one that's not much fun to talk about because we these are the leaders who are going to make it into the news this year um but the the areas that are likely to derail your leadership you better identify those be mm. be very mindful of those things yeah so alan when you say that what kinds of things come to mind when you you think of things that would derail your leadership well you know um we can think about our pride and our ego you know sometimes mm -hmm. when we're leaders our pride that's probably the one that honestly on a day-to-day -day basis gets us into more trouble um yeah. that than, than anything else but i think it goes back to what james talks about you know because we do have a platform you know um it's it's the uh lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh those things are going to get us you know we we all know that the glitz and the glam and and uh you know our moral compass is a, is a big deal and we need we need to be careful that we can identify those things that that could derail us and that we have a plan in place for how how we respond to those situations yeah that is absolutely right um and you know this is a good time for you as you start a new year to think about okay am i do i have the barriers the boundaries set up in my church to where i'm um not counseling ladies by myself um you know because not only is, it could be something that I do, but it could be something that someone else perceives um, about us. And so I want to make sure and put a boundary that I'm not counseling ladies without my wife being there or without a, a secretary being there or being aware of that. Um, dealing with money. This is a big deal. Um, you know, and I'm thankful. I, I know a lot of young pastors right now that are very wise and they don't want to have any dealings with the money at their church. I think this is a big, good time to make sure you have a boundary set up for that. 
and help those who who do deal with it to have a boundary set up for that. So make sure your yeah. systems uh, don't create a stumbling block for someone else um, as well. But you know, guys, we we we're here to encourage you. We want you to endure in ministry, and you know, we we have got to live honestly in fear of one thing of uh of letting our leadership be derailed we do not want to become an embarrassment to god's kingdom and so yes. you know we need to take care we need to take care of that area uh, of those areas of, of our lives mm -hmm. that is so true alan and so uh, you know just what you said we want our guys that listen to this and churches that we know of to endure and to last and boy, Satan wants to knock pastors down and embarrass them and embarrass the churches. And then what typically happens then is you get people in that church that begin to question their faith, question if they were if they were led wrong. Uh, and so we we want you to put some boundaries in place now, and uh, and so that you have those and to protect you and your family and your church. Yes. So there's uh, six things that we said today, Trent. We said, um, you know, you need to know your measurement of leadership. You need to study leadership, identify your blind spot, improve your skills in difficult conversations, um, share more leadership so you can grow, identify those areas to derail your leadership. I bet we missed something. So if someone wanted to let us know what we missed, how can they reach out to us? Yes, and we hope you would reach out to us, but um, you can connect us with, with us in several ways. Uh, first of all, you could email us. Um, you could email Alan at EnduringChurches.Consulting or Trent at EnduringChurches.Consulting. You can find us on our Facebook page at Enduring Churches. You can also go to EnduringChurches.com and uh, connect with us there. And so we've made lots of ways because we want it to be easy for you to uh, let us know your thoughts. Maybe you have a suggestion for another podcast a topic that we you would like for us to speak about. Um, you can let us know maybe your experiences that you've had in any of these areas. But please let us know what, what you think about our uh, podcast, if there's suggestions you have. Um, and always share the podcast. Maybe there's somebody you know that could be blessed by listening or thinking about a topic that we've covered. We sure do appreciate that you've taken time to listen with us today, haven't we, Alan? Oh, yes. We are so grateful for all our listeners. So thank, thank you once again. You've made this uh, the best year we've ever had in the Enduring Churches podcast, and we are so grateful for you, and we look forward to um, just to a, a wonderful 2022 as we um, work together to help you and your church endure. So thanks for joining us and we look forward to catching you in a brand new year.